This is Unexpected Beginnings, the neonatal unit. I wanted to go home on one hand, but on the other hand, like, I was so scared. I first said you can't see him until we've been home at least six weeks. Come into my house, you don't come with any children, I don't want bugs and stuff bringing I used to make her go in the shower straight away (laughs) and wash her hair and get changed before she could touch him. Hello, I'm Caroline Verdon. And I'm Kerry Bickerdyke, and we've both had babies on the neonatal unit. Now, this episode is all about going home, and it's strange because I remember how desperate I was to go home. I remember when I knew that Fred was going to come at 33 weeks-ish, I spoke to a friend of mine who I knew had had a baby on neonatal and it turned out that she had had her baby at 33 weeks. And I was like, right, how long were you there for? And she said, I was there for three and a half weeks. And so that was in my head. I was going to be out within three and a half weeks. And one of my first questions when he went onto the unit was, how long am I going to be here for? And they said, well, you know, we kind of say maybe up to due day and we just have to see how it goes. And obviously they say that because nobody knows what your journey is going to be like. You could be zippity quick and hopping your way out of there in no time, but equally you might take a little bit longer. Um, I also remember then going on a Facebook page for premature babies. Right, my baby's just been born at 33 weeks. Those of you who had a baby at 33 weeks, how long until you came out? Like it is that one thing you want, isn't it? Because you kind of have this feeling that once you are out and you are at home, everything will be perfect and everything will be better. Mm -hmm. And it will become better, but it is... A yeah, slow, five years later. Yeah, it's a slow transition, isn't it, to find that new normal. You don't go home and there's a magic wand and everything's great. It takes a little while to settle in and feel comfortable. I think when you get home as well, you realise what has just happened. Yeah. It can take a while to, you know... I mean, for me, you know, Mia was a due date baby and, and that was hard enough, going home and settling into life then. So settling into life with any babies a change so after your support's been taken away the monitors have gone the the level of worry goes through the roof now one of the things that Leeds Children's Hospital has which some other units have is something called a transitional ward where basically you are able to go there when your baby is off of all the monitors and the wires um, and if you need a bit of extra support that's when you might go there and the staff there are on hand to help you where it's needed. But ultimately, you're able to look after your baby and get ready for going home. And it's a strange one. You know, not everybody needs to go there. I I went there. Um, but it's a strange one because your emotions are so mixed on transitional. Jennifer had Lorca at 36 weeks and they both spent some time there. We had four days um, on transitional care. So it's like I wanted to go home on one hand, but on the other hand, like... I was so scared. The staff were really lovely and reassuring. And there was a really great midwife who realised because he was making a clicking noise when he was feeding that he had tongue tie. And that Monday morning, she got me up there and got his his tongue tie snipped, which I know a lot of women sometimes have to wait quite a while to get it sorted. Um, So I was quite lucky. I also um, met another lady who was on transitional care and she's become one of my closest friends now. Her baby was born like the day after mine and we're now really good friends. So I I did, although I was sad and I wanted to go home and I was really like emotional, I still 
have positive views of that time. But I, I do think it was good to to have a little bit more care and time and, you know, like people looking out for you, like I said, because if I'd have gone home, I don't know how I would have coped with how bad my anxiety is. Because, you know, you long to prepare to go home and at Leeds there is transitional care and they do have some rooming in rooms, but not all hospitals have that, you know, one hospital might have transitional care, one might just have rooming in. But however you get there and when you do get there, you've just got to take every day as it comes because it's not it's not an easy transition to just go home and feel okay. Yeah, it takes that time, doesn't it? It's about being kind to yourself. When Nicola was able to take her twins home, because of all of the hand washing and those regulations that you get in a neonatal ward, she found herself creating a lot of rules. You come into my house, you don't come with any children. I don't want like bugs and stuff bring in. Um, if you are ill, please cancel. Straight away go in my kitchen and wash your hands. I bet people hated coming. <laughs> I was similar. Um, I made people wash their hands, dry them with kitchen roll, not with a tea towel because who knows what germs are on there. Um, and then I made them use hand gel and then they could sit in the lounge. That wasn't even for holding Fred. Like that 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 wasn't happening for weeks and weeks and weeks. That was just to allow you to be in the same room as him. No, we um my my mum was over at the time when I had um Charlie and, and she smoked and I think the only thing that I found tricky was, you know, please take your coat off and, and you know, if you've got a cardigan on or whatever, just take that off if you've been smoking. And that was my my anxiety. Um, but washing hands, yeah, wash them, but I, I don't remember having all the gels and the the process, you know, it was just, a, yeah, wash your hands. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? We're all different. We all take away different things. Mm. Um, Megan, when she went home with Theo, she found herself feeling quite isolated. I just, I was so protective. I didn't want anyone else to see him yeah. at all. I was like, it's mine, you're not having him. <laughs> I, I first said, you can't see him until we've been home at least six weeks. Um, I let my best friend come, but she was like my support throughout all my pregnancy. She was the only person that I let hold him. And obviously I was at home with my mum and dad and with my mum working in the hospital. When I when she got home, I used to make her go on the shower straight away <laughs> and wash her hair and get changed before she could touch him. Um, my dad worked in an office, so I just made him wash his hands and I'd made him make him do it in front of me. I'd put a two-minute timer on to check that he was doing it properly. Wow. <laughs> what were you like out and about in public what happened then I didn't go out in public unless it were to the hospital for a good few weeks so I took him like I'd go take him to see my grandma because my grandma lives on her own she's quite lonely I'd go and see my sister because obviously she had a newborn at the time um and I'd just take him see other like family members who might not have seen him that can't travel um but I didn't really go like shopping or anything until it were quite a bit bigger. And I completely cut out my social life because I thought if I get a germ, I'm going to pass it to him. I think I was a little bit like Megan. I didn't really go anywhere. Like there were no going into into supermarkets. Everything was, was online. And then obviously with COVID, that then sort of took it, it all up a notch. What, what were you like? 
so Charlie was five, so when he was little, you know, COVID wasn't around, thank goodness. But quite funny, we was on transitional care and there were two or three times where we got told, you know, you might be going home today and the, his weight dropped, so we, we didn't. And then when we eventually did, I have family that live um, in Leamington Spa and they only visit on a weekend. Um, and it happened to be a weekend that we got discharged. So by the time I'd been picked up and, and got home, um, my living room was full of aunties, grandparents. Wow. <laughs> so it was all at once. And I did feel a little bit anxious. You know, we've we've come from a very sterile room with little amount of people to then being chucked in and <laughs> I was tired. <laughs> <laughs> And you, you had to be all smiles and really you just wanted to say, yeah. go home, I want to go to bed. No, I get that. Um, Nicola had uh, not just small babies, but twins as well, Chester and Charlie. And I know what it was like going out and about with Fred. People would say like, oh, he's so small. I thought he was a doll. I thought you were pushing a pram with a doll in it. Um, and there was so much attention from complete strangers. But having twins means that she sort of got double the unwanted attention i had a, a lady stick her head in the pram in aldi just literally stuck her head in the pram and i was like i had to say excuse me please step away and that's the first time i'd ever said it to anybody but it just it riled me and what was her reaction like not rude but just shocked that somebody had said that because obviously she was only doing it out of being interested but yeah I think take your interest elsewhere yeah I might not have been like that if they weren't premature but because of the prematurity I was like very strict on don't, don't go near my babies now Debbie Woodward is the lead nurse for neonatal outreach at St James's Hospital and alongside her team she looks after a lot of parents and new babies when they go home we can't follow up everybody that comes through the neonatal units or transitional care. We don't have a big enough team. And actually, some of those babies don't really need my service. Postcode does come into it. The GPs comes into it, but also the baby's criteria. So we have, we have to set, I mean, we do jiggle when we need to do, and we'll take whatever doctors will ask us to follow up. And sometimes it doesn't normally sit in our criteria. But yeah, we take babies under 35 weeks gestation. We take babies under two kilos. We take babies that are on the short-term tube feeding pathway and the long-term tube feeding pathway. We take the oxygen-dependent babies and any baby that needs any other monitoring, so bloods, head circumferences, weights. We've looked after babies with catheters. Anything that just nobody else really will follow up. You know what I mean? It's any babies that had a very significant neonatal event and babies for palliative care. Because we're so integral to the ward, then there are babies that will say don't normally fit under our criteria but may benefit from a little bit of extra input because of what's happened to them. And is this service unique to Leeds or is this something that every hospital with a neonatal department has? 
No, sadly not. We're very fortunate in Leeds, and I mean, we're very, very, very fortunate. This The neonatal outreach service has been around as long as I've been here, so the early 80s, slightly different service then. Our service has evolved and developed over the years so that we can get babies home earlier. There are other units around the, the country that have got big neonatal outreach services, um, we are different to some. We always do a, we do a seven day a week service, um, and if you go around the region, there's such a lot of variation. Harrogate doesn't have an outreach service. Pinderfields works Monday to Friday. Doncaster probably I think they do a Tuesday and a Thursday afternoon. Everything's different because I think it comes down to cost, and we need to do it because we've got two big neonatal units that need emptying. And babies need to be homes with the mums and dads and families as soon as they can get home with our support. I think it's a very beneficial service for parents knowing that there is... I Charlie was 35 weeks, so I didn't have the outreach and he was quite well when we left the hospital. But I know for myself going home and feeling so alone, even though you have your health visitor and your midwife the next day and, and, and that continues for a bit, but having the the term neonatal outreach, I can't imagine it feels as daunting to know that you are there. No, I think it runs through my veins. I, I This is what I do. This is what I like to see. I like to get the babies home. I like to support the families. I like to see them start to relax and enjoy their babies. They've come through a terrible yeah. time, many of them, and that is a big step walking out that door. Many people think going home is the end of the journey. It, it is by far the hardest thing when you've been on a neonatal unit to have support around you 24 hours a day to walk out that door with sole responsibility for a baby that you know what they've gone through and those families need support need care need advice need to unpick a medical way of caring for the baby they need to parent they really need to pet. They need to normalise the baby. They need to celebrate that life that's gone through so much. And for me, it's an absolute joy. I I couldn't do anything other. They've become my family. They're our family. We watch them from the day they're born. Their baby's names are in up on our board, and we follow them every step of the way until we get them home. Until we've got them home, sorted, and discharged them. And I think parents do appreciate it. We could become very close. We have to be. We have to walk through their door and deal with their fears and worries, anxieties, share their joy. You know, it, it, it is a pleasurable job. It comes with its stresses sometimes, but to see them come through out of the other side of it is just amazing. I think something you said there really struck a chord with me. You said about how you have to help parents parent and find the joy of parenting and I think that's something that can be extremely difficult um, to get your head around because you know everybody has this picture this fairy tale picture in their head before they have a baby of what it's going to look like in the joy and the wonders and the magic and then it isn't the journey that you had predicted or that you had expected and it can be very hard to switch your head from a pattern of management and right, I must do this at this time, I must do that at this time, this has to happen, this has to happen. And to actually take that time to just look at your baby for being your baby and enjoy that 
creating that bond or increasing that bond? It can be really difficult. It can be. And one of my favourite sayings when I go to rooms at home and we get going with working out the routines and things, I tend to be, I tend to say, well, we need to unpick what's been put in place because the processes in hospital are there for a reason, they're safe. You know, baby's feeds don't get missed, meds are given on time. We don't have to do that at home. We can unpick it, we can make it manageable, we can make it less formalised. You know, so if if you don't get your medicine, your abidec in the morning, does it matter? No, not really. We'll give it in an afternoon if we miss it. Well, it's about just giving them control and making that baby fit in their lives and, you know, not be ruled, I know they're ruled by a baby, but not be ruled by the routines that they've learnt. And that's one of the hardest things. And I always feel a bit unprofessional because they'll go, you don't have to do that. Why don't we do it this way? Because that'll make it a bit more manageable for you. It's just about letting these families take control and let that baby join their family and, you know, fit into their routine and their life. It is such a hard transition. It is. I mean, we will go and we will go for as long as, you know, our first visits are usually, I don't know, an hour up to two hours, it depends what the family needs. But the rest of the time, they're on their own. Where in hospital, you turn around and say, can I just ask you, is this right? What do you think? Can I just do that? And then all of a sudden, you're in sole charge in your own home. I know you're getting ready for there, and part of you are ready to take your baby home. But still, it must be terrifying. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. I think at the time... We didn't know why you came early. And and I, I guess a lot of parents don't really find out, you know. So there's always that worry in your head that something could happen at any point, you know. You've lived through something happening at any point, so you've already got that anxiety of anything can happen at any time. And now you're sent home. Yeah, it's it's hard, isn't it? And the thing with all of these different thoughts and feelings is, you know, we've all experienced different things and we've all reacted in different ways. But wherever our heads are at, that is completely normal. And I think from doing this podcast and talking to so many different parents, what surprised me is that I knew I needed some help with my mental health, but I just presumed that was just me. Mm. You know, I was a bit broken and I didn't react well to it and I should have been stronger and I should have been better. But actually, I've come to realise that Actually, most parents who have babies in a neonatal unit at some point need some help with their mental health. That's very, very common because it is actually a huge life trauma. Uh, On our next episode, we're going to look at some of the common thoughts and feelings that parents have and the support that's available. To find out more information on anything you've heard about in this episode, do check out the links in our show notes. Unexpected Beginnings, the neonatal unit, is recorded in conjunction with Leeds Children's Hospital and funded by Leeds Hospitals Charity. As the official charity of Leeds Teaching Hospitals, they support NHS staff to deliver the best care for patients and their families. Generous donations have funded life-saving equipment, research, fellowships and improvements to the patient environment. Every penny donated helps to support the hardworking staff across the hospitals and enhance the experience of patients and their families. To find out more, head to leedshospitalscharity.org.uk. This podcast was created and produced by Under the Mast Creative Audio Productions.